Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I am Ashwarya, your host for this episode. And I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us and so much more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. And if you're already a Patreon member listening to this episode, thank you for helping us run the podcast. The case that we have for you today is one that in my opinion doesn't get enough limelight. As the world focused its attention on the Sheena Bora murder case in 2015, another heartbreaking and jaw-dropping double murder somehow came to the forefront but was forgotten relatively quickly. This is the story of an immensely talented woman whose life on the outside seemed perfect and one that most people down the same career path would envy. This is the story of an Indian artist who gained fame and international recognition for the work she was doing until one day her life changed for the worse. This is the story of Hema Upadhyay. So you're right Ashwara quite a few people have recommended us this case but it doesn't seem like enough people know about it why do you think that is Um that's a good question and I guess I'm not entirely sure why that is the case sometimes some cases end up gaining more media coverage than other perhaps even more heinous crimes that seem like they should get more attention it happens all the time with crime what catches public and media attention doesn't seem easily predictable This happens to be one of those sad stories even I had never heard of until it was mentioned to me by one of our listeners. Okay, now I'm intrigued, Ashwarya. Tell us the story of Hema Upadhyay. So, it's the year 1992 and Hema Upadhyay is a 20-year-old student at the Maharaj Sayaji Rao University at Baroda, a school with one of the most renowned faculty of arts anywhere in the country. It is here while a young Hema is focusing on her academic success and making a life for herself. that she crosses paths with someone someone who is going to change her life forever it was at her university that she meets fellow student 20 year old chintan upadhyay who like her was on his way to get his bachelor's of fine arts from the university the couple met became friends and soon enough fell in love hema and chintan had vastly different art forms and styles of work even back in college While Hema wanted to be an artist specializing in photography and cultural installations, Chintan wanted to be a painter and a sculptor. Despite these differences in art forms, the university brought the two together from among thousands of students, and that is how their love story began. Despite being young and only at the beginnings of what would be long and successful careers, the two knew soon enough that they were the ones for each other. Unfortunately though not much is known about the couple's private life together how exactly they met and what their relationship was like 
What we do know is that after meeting and falling in love sometime in 1992, they had what many would consider a long courtship. They dated each other for 6 years when they finally decided to get married in 1998 when they were both 26 years of age. By the 2000s, both of their careers had taken off and they had both began to be recognized and known on the Mumbai art scene where they had moved right after their marriage. The two made the city their own and produced one famous art exhibit after another about themes that resonated with people from across the country. For example, Hema's first solo exhibition titled Sweet Sweat Memories was up in 2001. The exhibition consisted of mixed media including her own photographs to depict a story of her move to Bombay from the small city of Vadodara. In fact, Hema was starting to gain so much recognition that by the end of 2001, she also had her first international exhibition at Art Space in Sydney and the Institute of Modern Art in Brisbane, Australia. This exhibit was titled The Nymph and the Adult in which she hand sculpted 2000 life-size cockroaches, filling the gallery up with them. The work was intended to make viewers think about the consequences of military action. She eventually had several exhibits all over Paris, Italy, Japan, USA and China. On the other hand, Chintan began to gain recognition too. By 2012, he was awarded the very prestigious Charles Wallace Foundation Award for residency in the UK. But by 2010, despite all the success that the two were experiencing in their individual lives, their marriage was starting to take a turn for the worse. By the end of 2010, the couple had filed for divorce. But Aran, in all of my research, I still don't know why the couple actually broke apart and mm. ended their marriage. Despite ending their marriage and filing for divorce, the two continued to live in different rooms of the same uh, apartment that they had shared since they moved to Mumbai. Okay, a uh, pro tip here: if you break up or have a divorce or anything on those lines, do not continue to live in the same house or under the same roof as your former partner. That. regardless of why they divorced which i was surprised that you couldn't find and it'd be nice to know what would have led to that but regardless of what the reason is that's a ba- bad idea from the get go you're absolutely right it's a very messy situation which in my opinion prevents you from effectively moving on and starting mm. your life afresh especially after 16 years with someone which is what the two had spent you can never fully let go if you keep living in the same space so they spent 16 years with each other after marriage or accumulative no, of 16 years no accumulative of 16 okay. years and how long have they been married at this point they got married in 1998 so 1998 okay oh, that's 12 okay right okay i'm not entirely sure why they were both living under the same roof they were both well off and could have easily afforded a separate space mm-hmm. a reason that comes to mind is that maybe they ended the relationship on good terms and actually thought they could make it work But they continued to make this arrangement work for four years, so it's not like this was temporary. Just for a few months after the marriage, for some weird reason, this well-off divorced couple continued to live in the same house. In 2013, while the couple was living in this apartment, Hema filed a harassment suit against Chintan. Apparently, Chintan had painted obscene paintings and sketches of Hema and put them up all over the walls of his room, which Hema happened to stumble upon. That's the kind of stuff that happens when you're living with your yep, former partner absolutely. for four years. Yep, that's crazy. Hema was obviously distressed and hired a lawyer named Harish Bambani to represent her in this case. 
but Hema lost the case when the court ruled that the bedroom in which Chintan had put up the pictures was his own personal space and not a common area of the house and so he was allowed to do there as he pleased. And as wrong as that seems, that makes sense, no, it right? Is. It's his house. It's 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 his Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. One year after this incident, the couple's divorce was finalized and they eventually moved into different spaces and started living separately. Despite their divorce being finalized, the couple was still engaged in a financial battle over alimony in which also Hema was being represented by Harish Bambani. Hema demanded 2 lakh rupees from Chintan every month as part of the arrangement, but the court seemed very reluctant to accept this amount. We have now come to December 11th, 2015. The couple are living separately but are still engaged in this battle over alimony. On the evening of the 11th, Hema calls her house help Lalit Mandal at around 6:30 p.m. and tells him she'll be eating dinner outside and asks him not to make anything for her. At around the same time this evening, about 6 p.m., lawyer Harish leaves his house after telling his wife and family that he's going to meet a client in Andheri. Hours pass to Hema's phone call to her house help and to Harish leaving his house, but neither of them return home that night. As it starts to get late, Hema's house help Lalit becomes increasingly worried because Hema doesn't not come home like that. It's very out of character. And for whatever reason, if she doesn't, she always informs him that she won't be coming so he can fall asleep on time. Her not returning that night stood out to Lalit who tried calling her phone, but over and over again, the phone said the same thing. A worried Lalit called Hema's relatives and a few friends whose phone numbers he had, but nobody had any idea where she was. Lalit decided not to panic too much and wait the night, but he knew that if she hadn't returned by the morning, he would file a missing persons report at the police station. Would you happen to know anything about Lalit? Because two things I want to point out here. Number one, Lalit is a male domestic house help at a single woman's house, which is, it's not, you know, not heard of, but it's definitely an anomaly. Right. And secondly, him taking such a big measure within a few hours of not hearing back from her like informing other people and it's not like she has any medical history of amnesia or something so is there a close tie between the two do we know anything about lalit unfortunately we don't know much about him but i guess it's not as unprecedented a reaction as you might think aryan because at this exact time harish's family is thinking the exact same thing they're saying he hasn't come back mm. and that's not normal and they're thinking about filing Fair a missing enough. persons report as well also it should almost be an unsaid rule that at least one person on this planet should know where you are at at any given moment and especially if you are in india or south asia in a lot of these cases that we talk about stuff goes down when nobody knows where that person was supposed to be make this a rule in your head from now on listeners that to let at least one person your close friend sibling even when you're going to mess around at your girlfriend's house or whatever the case may be just let one person know And this is happening in 2015 but technology is way cooler now with apps like mm. Live 360 for example. Aran is right you all don't be model victims. Yeah. Have someone in your life know where you are at any given point in time. And even if you don't want to share that information with somebody say you're sneaking out you know whatever the case may be 
try to make the environment as secure as you can for yourself and one great tip that i follow and i know many of my friends especially you know female friends follow is that when you're in an uber or an ola or any cab just act as if you're calling somebody and act as if you're sharing the car number and that somebody knows your location so that that keeps the other person on an alert and Ishwarya knows how many horror over experiences I have yep. had in rural Uttar Pradesh so <laughs> um you know that's a tip that you know will be helpful for you But Aran Hema wasn't the only one that needed to follow these tips she wasn't the only one missing While all of this is happening in Hema's house Harish's family is panicking over him not returning home either They call his phone over and over again but it says the same thing Hema's phone was saying Harish's family too quickly file a missing persons report that very night. The very next day in the morning, Hema's house help files a report too. And the cops get on top of the case and begin to piece together Hema and Harish's whereabouts, but the task proves more difficult than anticipated. They had told nobody where they were that evening or what they were doing. But the cops didn't have to do much. The lead they were looking for fell into their laps in a way they were least expecting it so early on in the case. At about 7:30 p.m. the day after Hema and Harish disappeared, the cops get a phone call from a man who identifies himself as a sweeper. This man sounds incredibly frantic and can't even complete his sentences properly, and what he tells the cops will shock them to their core. He says while he was cleaning a drain or a nala next to a crematorium in Kandivelli he notices two large cardboard boxes floating in the drain sticking out of these cardboard boxes he notices two arms the police quickly arrive on the scene and retrieve the boxes from within these wrapped boxes emerge two naked bodies with just their undergarments still on them The bodies were wrapped in transparent plastic sheets before they were stuffed into these boxes. One body was of a man, older in age, probably in his early 60s. The other body was of a woman, younger in age, probably in her late 30s. Both bodies had their hands duct taped behind their back while their feet were duct taped together too. Both bodies also had their mouths and eyes duct taped with the male body also gagged with a piece of cloth in its mouth. The bodies had not yet decomposed and so the moment the cops opened the boxes they knew exactly who they had found Hema and Harish By the next day news of the double murder spread like wildfire coming in from Mumbai disregarding famous actress Hema Upadhyay Her body has been identified found dead her body discovered in these images in a cardboard wrapping cardboard and plastic wrapping found in a drain in Kandivelli along with her the body of her lawyer Harish Bambani has also been discovered Art communities across the world were mourning Hema's death and acknowledging the work she had done throughout her life An art gallery in Boston held an exhibit in her honor while her friends and family including her ex-husband Chintan gathered around her apartment complex in Mittal Ocean View residences on Juhu Road to take her body to its place of cremation. I didn't quite comprehend at the beginning how popular Hema actually was. Right. Some like a you know an exhibition place in Boston is having a tribute for her. That's yeah. Which is why I started the case by saying I don't think this got enough limelight. Mm. 
she was an insanely famous artist during the cremation ceremony and the prayer meets that followed people only had good things to say about her with one friend claiming quote she didn't have a mean bone in her body end quote but no matter how beautiful the prayer meets for her were there was a looming question on everyone's mind who had killed her who had killed harish why where were the two of them in those evening hours on the 11th of december these were all questions the cops needed to try and answer now the pressure on the cops was building because the case had obviously gained some limelight the first order of business for the cops was to find cctv footage from outside hema's apartment and her art studio to find out what her last whereabouts were from the cctv footage outside hema's art studio the cops realized something They find out that Hema and Harish had spent the last few hours before they went missing in her art studio together. At around 7:30 or 8, the two left the studio in Harish's car. At around 8:30, Harish made a phone call to someone and the location of his phone call was Kandivali, making that the last known location of Hema and Harish. You know we talk about DNA technology being this revolutionizing technology when it comes to crime and I agree of course um, it helps reveal ident- uh, reveal identities from you know decades ago right but one common theme across modern crime at least in the last 10 20 30 years that leads to cases being solved are CCTV cameras yep. and we don't give enough sort of gratitude and attention to those devices this is tip number 2 in this case you guys get cctv <laughs> cameras outside your houses true so harish makes this last call to someone at 8:30 and after this 8:30 call from kandivali no other calls were made from either of their phones ever again why the two met at the art studio and what they were talking about the cops did not know yet In the meantime the cops had ordered for the details on the cardboard boxes in which the bodies were found to be analyzed from behind these boxes cops produced batch numbers and manufacturing details which would help locate the supplier of the boxes and possibly find out who the boxes were sold to the cops also worked swiftly to retrieve the cell records of both the victims and it was these cell records which revealed to the cops the clue that they were looking for The morning that Hema and Harish disappeared, Hema received a phone call that lasted a few minutes. Shortly after this call ended, Hema called Harish and the two spoke for another few minutes. The cops moved quickly to find out who this initial call was from and it was actually someone both Hema and Chintan knew very well, a man named Vidyadhar Rajbar. Vidyadhar actually owned an art warehouse and art supply business called Vanshraj Arts in Kandivali. Vidyadhar ran this business with his father and both of them made idols, medals and molded fiber sculptures for other artists. At about the time the cops were figuring all of this out about Vidyadhar, the information about the cardboard manufacturer came back. They were boxes supplied in bulk to a fabrication unit in Kandivali. No. Aryan guess who no. was running a fabrication unit called Vanshraj Arts in Kandivali <laughs> There's no way Vidyadhar Rajbar but how did the couple know him firstly and what was their link to them was he their art supplier or sort of equipment supplier Um so he was Hema's art supplier and she had contracted out her fabrication work to him She also stored her artwork at his warehouse 
but the connection between him and the couple was much much deeper than that vidyadhar's family actually had a close relationship with chintan and his family in fact vidyadhar's father vanshraj had named him after chintan's father wow according to an article by the indian express when vidyadhar's father fell ill and faced financial troubles chintan paid for his medical expenses of over 5 lakh rupees chintan had also sponsored vidyadhar's training in fabrication and artwork at an institute in jaipur money that chintan had refused to take back from vidyadhar out of generosity so he's obviously the main suspect In some ways yes this is it it's fairly obvious to the cops that Vidyadhar is involved in some way shape or form in the murder of Hema and Harish whether he planned the murder or simply carried it out on someone else's command is what they need to find out what they also have to find out is why he did it but there's a small problem with this plan Vidyadhar is nowhere to be found To try and find him and others that were possibly involved in the crime, cops start scouring the region close to Vidyadhar's art warehouse for any CCTV cameras, and they find some. In those CCTV cameras, they see a truck being driven late in the night by a man, and on the navigator's side of the truck is sitting Vidyadhar. The truck is being driven in the direction of the nala in which the bodies were dumped. The police work swiftly to identify who the driver of the truck is. and the task turns out to be fairly simple the locals in the area tell the cops that the driver is a man named vijay rajbar who's actually vidyadhar's brother the cops intercept and find him at his house from where they arrest him and take him into custody immediately it is there that vijay tells the cops that vidyadhar along with his cousins pradeep rajbar and azad rajbar called vijay to dump two cardboard boxes into the nala but didn't reveal to him what was inside the boxes whose cousins are these uh, Vij- they're all related to vidyadhar in some way okay. shape or form vijay says it was normal for them to ask him to transport boxes like that and he usually just assumed the boxes contained artwork and so didn't even bother asking for any details that night eventually a special task force of the uttar pradesh police ends up catching prabdeep and azad both of whom quickly tell the cops everything there is to know about the murder The Uttar Pradesh police got involved because all of these men ran to UP which is where their villages were. The special task force recovers ATM cards, SIM cards and other documents that belong to Hema and Harish from them verifying once and for all that all of these men were involved in the murder without a shadow of a doubt. They tell the cops that it was Vidyadhar that had called Hema in the morning telling her that he had some evidence which made Chintan look guilty. and would actually help her in her court case to get alimony this was the entire reason hema called harish to come with her on this meeting because to her this meeting with vidyadhar was going to have legal significance but the men quickly revealed to the cops that this reason was a lie and he had absolutely no proof he wanted to give to her they go on to tell the cops that vidyadhar had actually lent hema money which hema had not returned to him for a really long time According to them, Vidyadhar had gone over to Hema's house multiple times just to ask for the money, but every time she made excuses and refused to give his money back. Okay, so this makes little to no sense. Um the first reason being by killing Hema and her lawyer, which I'm guessing was unintentional if the reason was the money, 
well, you're not going to get back the money anyway. That's not what any extorter does. Like when you extort a person for money, you either torture them or whatever you do, you leave them alive. Like step number one in order in order to recover money. And secondly, it doesn't make sense because Hema is a world-renowned, international, global artist, right? And why does she owe money to her warehouse operator this doesn't make any sense yeah exactly in fact cops quickly try to verify this claim aran and it sort of falls flat on its face yeah no shit yep they figure out that it was actually vidyadhar who was in a financially precarious situation and owed hema 2 lakh rupees that he had absolutely no ability to return even even when cortman's ego just has to yep, has, has to, to come, come in between. Yeah. yep But notice how this gives him a much much stronger reason to kill her because if she owed him money as you said hmm. it's probably a really stupid idea to kill her on the other hand if he's the one that owes the money murdering her makes perfect sense especially 2 lakh rupees but according to the men and their story of vidyadhar actually wanting money from hema vidyadhar got frustrated of asking for this money over and over again and called hema to the warehouse just to scare her a little by tying her up and keeping her locked there for a while and making some threats to her what he said to her to get her to the warehouse was that he had video clips of chintan having sex with multiple random women and he told hema that he'd be willing to sell these clips to her for 2 lakh rupees the exact amount of money that he owed hema but when she arrived the plan that the men had made went completely wrong They planned on putting a handkerchief full of pesticide on her mouth and nose so that she fainted. But a minute into smothering her face with pesticide, the men realized that Hema had actually stopped breathing and had died as a consequence. They obviously panic and realize that Harish is now a witness to their murder. The men quickly decide that they were going to murder him too and they smother him with the same pesticide and end up killing him. Then they plan to ask Vijay to dump the bodies into the Nala. All these people are booked under IPC section 302 which is murder, 201 which is causing disappearance of evidence of offence and 34 which is acts done by several persons in furtherance of common intention. Okay before you go on some housekeeping and some questions. Go ahead. All the three men that were questioned mm-hmm. were Vidyadhar's cousins. Correct. Vidyadhar himself hasn't been questioned because he hasn't been found yet precisely okay and in this course of questioning have the three boys changed their story or have they till now continued with their alibi no their story has remained pretty consistent the entire time they're saying they did it they helped with the other do it um and it happened because she owed him money that she simply wasn't returning I, I, so i don't get that how can what is it about the three boys because their connection with with the other it's not like they are you know brothers their cousins and so there is an obvious disparity in the amount of emotional connection why have they kept with this story when vidyadhar who's the main culprit if the story is true right why have they why are they still saving for, like saving zas so yeah so you're asking why haven't they turned on him yet yeah why haven't they turned on him yet I think that's because they truly think that is the reason that Vidyadhar Oh so they believe Vidyadhar was owed money right. in India. Hmm. In my opinion, Vidyadhar told all of these men this exact story that it was Hema that owed him money. Ah and, and so that persuaded the Precisely. Interesting. So now with all of this back story cleared up, 
obviously this case was far far from being solved there are two major roadblocks in making this an open and shut case firstly vidyadhar was nowhere to be found it had been days since the other men were caught but none of them had any idea where the so called mastermind of this plan was they knew he had taken a train to go to his village in uttar pradesh but since the day of the murders he had made no contact with anyone except his wife he had called his wife a day after the murder and confessed to everything but hadn't told her where he was or where he planned on going since that one call to his wife his phone was off and there was no sign of him anywhere the special task force of the up police tried day and night to find him by setting up ambushes at different bus stops or railway stops but up is a big state and extremely densely populated they knew finding vidyadhar was going to be like finding a needle in a haystack but aran vidyadhar was just one of the cops's many problem in this case when the cops were going through vidyadhar's phone records they noticed something that made their jaws drop no they noticed no 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 no, no. that for the last few days preceding the murder vidyadhar had been in regular and i mean regular don't contact don't say that name with chinda oh, i don't believe that the two had exchanged multiple calls lasting multiple minutes and they didn't always talk this much these calls suddenly yes, because he's hema's art supplier he's not <laughs> chintan's art supplier right precisely oh these calls only started a few days before the murder and ended the day after the murder this quickly gave police a new suspect someone who had the potential of being the mastermind behind this murder hema's ex-husband chintan With this discovery, the trajectory of this case flipped 180 degrees. Unlike Vidyadhar, Chintan actually had motive to kill Hema. You all, today it's been 6 years since the dead bodies were found dumped in a nala in the middle of Mumbai. Since then, Hema's family has come forward to say they 100% believe that Chintan was the one that got Hema killed. The police spent days interrogating Chintan and found many discrepancies in his story. For example, he kept changing his story about why and what he was talking to Vidyadhar about. He simply couldn't explain all of these calls. Many of these discrepancies led the police to arrest Chintan within 1 week of interrogation. The entire duration of this interrogation, Chintan kept pleading not guilty and claiming he had no involvement in the murder. but his pleads were not heard chintan was found guilty and spent the next 3 years of his life in jail continuing to claim his innocence he asked for bail 3 times during his sentence and it was denied the first 2 times the third time the court finally granted him bail and you know when that was aran when ashwari i my heart is broken right now so i've just It was on September 17th, 2021. Oh my god, Ashwarya. Just a week ago. Oh my god, Ashwarya. For all of these years, Vidyadhar has remained missing. He hasn't reached out to his wife. Wow. Or his family in 6 years. And there's a very real possibility he might have killed himself after getting sick of running away from the cops. 
In every sense possible, most people would agree justice for Hema and Harish has not been served. If Vidyadhar was the main culprit, he's missing. He's probably lived these last six years getting a job somewhere, pretending to be a normal citizen of society, changing his name and hanging out with people every night. On the other hand, if Chintan was the mastermind, he served only three, three years, years in prison yeah. for planning and plotting a double murder involving his own ex-wife. Artists from across India actually lobbied for Chintan to be released from prison. That's the kind of power he had in art circles of the country. But regardless of justice, Hema and Harish are gone. Two families are completely destroyed forever. Someone lost a daughter, a sister, a best friend. Someone lost a father, a brother and a loving husband. The price for their lives was too little for someone to spare. But their story will live on through Hema's art, through Harish's advocacy and through this episode.